Thank you, Scott and, and Debbie and choir and orchestra and drums, all this happening up here today. What great music this morning and the bells, uh, the choir and the message, Take Up Your Cross. We move into an ongoing message series, which is a 40-day challenge. Hope you're doing that and connecting with that in one way or the other. We continue to do so in the third uh, week of the series. Uh, this is the book connected with that. If you'd like to get one of these, they're still available for you, 40-day challenge. And the key words are, he must become greater, I must become less. The words of John the Baptist as Christ was introduced to the world and introduced and renewed uh, in accordance with us today in this time of worship together, so we celebrate that as well. And we live in a world of, of more. It's really what our culture is about. It's about more. So to think about less is sometimes hard for us. Think about stepping back and submitting to Christ with our heart and our life and our soul. It can be difficult for us to understand what exactly does it mean to Pick up your cross, follow Christ, submit to God's authority in our life, serve, give, love, but it's what the Christian life is about and why we're talking about it today. Now, to begin, I want to show you something. This actually was a, a birthday card I received really a long time ago. I think when I was on my 50th birthday, which was a while back, I got this from Pastor Sharon. And it says, a long, long, long time ago, she thinks she's funny if you didn't know that. And uh, we found that, and we, we were packing this week. Well, so we were packing. Rhonda was packing, and I moved boxes some, but she did most of the packing with a lot of help from people in our church family. And, and I opened it up. Does it still work? Sure enough, it does. I'm gonna keep, I like this. Okay. Y'all recognize that theme? Could y'all hear that okay? Star Wars. Now, there are Star Wars fans out there that are what I might call crazy Star Wars fans. Raise your hand if that's you. There's a few here in that category. Yes, yes. Got some in the background. My son being one of those crazy Star Wars fans. Uh, there are even clubs called Jedi Clubs. And they're serious about this Jedi business when they are in that club. Uh, they are Jedis, and their job is to save the world from destruction. And they, they have the force and they fight evil in the world they live in. There are a lot of things that make Star Wars what it is. There's, there's Darth Vader. He's the bad guy. Luke Skywalker is the good guy. You know Star Wars. And my wife and I laugh about this still, but uh, we went to a Bible, I went to a Bible college. She was there married to me during that season. Uh, and uh, we made a commitment not to go to movies for three years to, be, to go to that school. And that was one of the things, you, you couldn't play cards, uh, you couldn't go to movies, a lot of things you couldn't do. And so we signed that. We didn't go to one movie for three years. When it came time for our first annual conference in 1978, we were going to be appointed to our first church as pastors there. Uh, we had one night that we decided to kind of skip annual conference. We weren't really appointed yet, so we kind of weren't officially in place yet. We went to Star Wars, our first movie after three years of no movies was Star Wars. Uh, there are stormtroopers. Uh, there's the good force and the bad force. And millions of folks have identified with that. And we think about, with that terminology, identity. What is our identity? Uh, Scott used the words citizenship in heaven. We're talking about that today and what that means for you and me. Recently, uh, we returned, many of us did, from a trip to Israel by way of Frankfurt, Germany. There are many in the service today who went with us in that time. 
Others have gone in previous years on our tours of the Holy Land. It's a great experience. And there's one very important key to making these journeys internationally. What is that? It's a passport. You have to have a passport uh, that's up to date. We got a new passport this year because our old one uh, finally ran out of the 10-year uh, time limit for it. We got new passports. And there are two lines in most airports when you're actually going through using the passport, uh, when you go through customs. One is the foreign passport. And it's odd going into Tel Aviv because you have to stand in the foreign passport line if you're an American. But when you come back home, though, in Dallas, we had a flight from Frankfurt to Dallas, we got to come back into the home line, the home passport, and that's pretty nice that we're home now as much as we enjoy uh, traveling to the Holy Land. So what does that mean to you and me when we think about the term citizenship, citizenship in heaven, and why Paul uses those words about what it is to be a follower of Christ, one who picks up their cross to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, as the choir sang a few moments ago. You know, Europeans uh, think about America in certain ways. Uh, I was reading about that recently. also heard I saw a show on television where they're talking about what, Amer- what Europeans often think about Americans when they come to visit their country, whichever country it is. And there are three things that seem to be in common when they think of Americans, and that is they're loud. Wherever they go, they talk real loud. I resemble that remark. Uh, they laugh a lot, even when they shouldn't. They don't know the rules about laughter. They laugh a lot. I resemble that remark as well. And they are large. Uh, th- that's the terminology. They, they, are, they, they laugh, they're loud, and, and, they're, and they're large. They also, though, deal in wonder at what they see and experience. They know that about Americans, that when they go see something, it's like awesome to them. It's a, it's a wonder. It's a, it's a great experience to them. And, and we're more understated. This is what I read. You may be European and say it's not true, but it's what I read. Uh, and and, and, and they're, they're, we're more understated. And they're over the top in wonder at what they're seeing. They're very friendly. Uh, they're not very subtle about what they say. They don't know the subtle, subtle rules. Uh, uh, they don't care a thing about soccer or football. Many of them don't, and most Europeans are, are really in love with that sport. I still can't figure it out. Uh, they're very patriotic, typically, and they have a very high level of self-worth and self-confidence. In the show I watched, uh, uh, Europeans talking about Americans, that some said, I wish I could be like that, but we're really, I'm not at that level where they seem to be, a high level of self-confidence and, and self-work, the identifying markers many Americans have that seem through the eyes of Europeans. Now think with me about what it is to have citizenship in heaven, the identity and identifying markers for you and me. I'll read a couple of verses here in what you've already heard read, but I want to pick a few out in the text of of Philippians chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 37, or verse, verse 17. Join together in following my example, Paul writes, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So there he's talking about the identity of a follower of Christ, a Christian Christian. 
One who understands that, that it's not about more, it's about living less, and that submitting to Christ is our authority. goes on to say in that same passage, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so as they will become like his glorious body. So get the concept of what the uniqueness is about. I already gave you the concept of what's unique about, you know, being in Star Wars identity and mode and the force be with you and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. You got that. Give you kind of the identity of Americans many people consider loud and, and, and laugh and, and self-confidence and not very subtle. They don't understand soccer or football, a term Europeans often use for uh, soccer. But how about this Christian stuff? What's the identity here in our own life? And what does it say here? Okay, well, a thought. Many of us know what we call the Pledge of Allegiance, which I, I'm a very patriotic person. I know it very well. said it, I'm sure, thousands of times from, being, from, a, from a, a school child. But here, think about it this way. In our own faith as Christians, I pledge allegiance to who I believe in. And the difference. You know, we can say I have Christian beliefs. Here are the things I believe about my faith. We can say I know the church stuff. I know how to do church stuff. I know how to, what happens in the hour that I'm in church on Sunday mornings. I got that figured out. I know how to do that. I know even some of the things I should and shouldn't do. I've got those rules somewhat laid out for me. I've got that. But here it says this idea is different than any other is different than any other citizenship. It's different than loving Star Wars, and I've seen all the movies. It's different than even being an American or a European or being from England or, or being from Czechoslovakia or being from Brazil. It's different. It's about believing and trusting and being committed to a person whose name is Jesus. It's about that living, evolving, growing, maturing, expanding, experiential faith of walking with God in life in a very unique way. Here the words transformation are used. Modeling, the example, becoming like Christ, and the Savior we wait for where our home really is. Do you understand and see or hear the difference today in these words? I think a key misunderstanding about Christian faith is just that, that we, we have the idea of I pledge to these beliefs when it's really about pledging to a person who walks with me, whose name is Jesus, who's present in my life of the Holy Spirit, who teaches me in biblical words and truths, and my own experience with God that's growing and moving throughout my life. It's about that understanding our identity, how we understand ourselves, how we behave, the person of Christ. One of the things that I've done uh, often is what's called pre-marriage counseling, different than marriage counseling. Uh, where a couple's coming to, to, to be married. We visit before that wedding happens. Uh, and I've probably done a thousand of those sessions and done a thousand weddings at least uh, for people. And we talk about a lot of things. One of the things, though, I, I talk about, though, is that often what they're about at that point, if we're getting, we get married in a week or a month or a year, whenever it's coming, is they're all typically about the wedding. That's what they're thinking about, the wedding. Uh, he's the guy usually want to make sure he doesn't mess up. That's what he's, I don't want to mess up. 
uh, with her or the wedding or the vows or anything else. So help me not mess up. And, and the bride typically is about the wedding, the colors. You know, we're, we're going to go with these colors and how they blend with these colors and those colors. Or, or about the wedding dress, which he typically doesn't see. The wedding dress, what it looks like, uh, what the bridesmaids are going to wear, the flowers at the wedding, the music, you know. They're all about, and they have this fantasy. Again, his goal is don't mess up. That's what he, there, there are exceptions, not many. Don't mess up. Her goal is this amazing fantasy of what's going to happen, which typically cannot ever be fully be realized. But we try. We try to meet those expectations. So in our discussion, I remind them of something. I know you're about the wedding right now, but this is really about the marriage that's coming. It's about the marriage. And I'll often ask the bride, I'll talk to her and say, do you know that when you, the wedding is done, the I do's are said, the marriage license is signed, that he's going home with you? I mean, <laughs> you know, it, he, he sticks around after the wedding is over. You know, and I'll, and I'll sometimes say, do you want me to open the blinds where you can get a better look at him right now? Just, just look more closely. I, I know you're in love and you're, and you're infatuated with him, but look real close before you get there and say, till death do us part kind of stuff. You know, well, when it comes to walking with Christ, it's not a saying I've been baptized or I said one day I believed in him or I did the right things or my beliefs are okay, I've got them in a box now. It's about walking. It's about the Christ who says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always be with you in your life. I want you to always be with me in that ongoing, growing, maturing, expanding, wonderful relationship we call Christianity. Discipleship, following Jesus, all that it means. The verse again, Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship, our identity, how we understand ourselves and the world we live in, how we make life work, uh, that place we're going that we say is home, that's the line I want to be in, from which we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there's a Star Wars identity, and that can be fun. You know, there, there's the American identity, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of being an American. It's an important part of who I am. But there's even more this sense of I am a Christian, a follower of Christ. I'm accountable to the Lord, which is what the verses mean where it says he must increase as I decrease. My identity must be formed and shaped by my submission to the Lord in my life. My obedience to him, my accountability to him, my responsibility to him, and oh yes, the privileges I have because I belong to the Lord. It all goes together in our identity, how we make that work. There's a great moment in the scripture that I want to go through a little bit. It's, it's, again, involves Jesus Christ. Uh, in his time on the earth, uh, he had many enemies, and there were those who wanted to really discredit him, even destroy him or eliminate his being an influence in, in Israel. And the religious leaders were some of those who wanted that to happen. They would often try to trick him with questions they would ask him to get him in trouble. Uh, one of those questions was about paying taxes. In this case, they asked, should we pay taxes to Rome? Meaning, should Jews pay taxes to Rome? Now, the issue was uh, that if, if, uh, if he said they should, then religious leaders would say he can't be the Messiah. No self-respecting Jew wants to or would pay taxes to Rome. 
We don't believe it. They have pagan gods. The coins that we use have pagan symbols on them. We would never pay taxes to Rome or the occupiers of the Holy Land. So if he said, we don't, he'd be in trouble. Or if he says, yes, he'd be in trouble. Now, if he said, no, they could say, now we're going to tell the Roman authorities. We got this, this, this rabbi running around saying not to pay taxes to you. And he'd be in prison if he said that. He'd be in prison immediately, uh, tried for treason. Any leader who did that would be really in deep grease. Just take the IRS and multiply it a thousand times to get how it would work there in Israel if you said, I'm not going to pay taxes. So what does Jesus do? He says, here's this fish. And they get this fish. And he pulls a coin out of the fish's mouth miraculously. He says, whose image is on this? And they said, Caesar. And then he says, probably know what it is, give Caesar what, it hit, what is his and give God and give God what is his. Pay Caesar his due. Give it to him. Because what does that mean? It means what submission to Christ really is. What it means to submit to God in the fullness of life, fullness of faith, fullness of hope, and make sure I give to God what belongs to God, which is all of me. And all I do is giving to God. Everything I do is giving to God. Every act, every moment, every part of life is a gift to God, submitting to God, being obedient to God, because my life is wrapped up in my walk with Christ. So it has to be that, what we're talking about today. Now I want to show you a picture. It's a picture of me, and I'll tell you where that is as we keep that up there for a while. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a cowboy shirt, so there it is. Uh, and I'm actually, uh, this is a few, uh, maybe a week and a half ago, in the Holy Land. We're in the northern part of Israel in Dan, that area. Very interesting because you can go a little further where we, we did go, and you can see Lebanon on one side and Syria on the other, uh, which is pretty cool to be that close, and Israel there in the north. Uh, but where I'm standing is, and Rhonda, I think, Rhonda, you took this picture, uh, and I'm doing what I do. Uh, and right behind me is what's called the gates of hell. That's what that cave is behind me. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to do that and smile in front of the gates of hell, uh, but that's what I'm doing. And by the way, you can do that. You can do that. If you're a Christian, hey, your citizenship is not there. And Jesus used that same analogy when he was there, when he talked to Peter and said, Peter, upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, you don't have to worry about that. After Jesus said to Peter, after Peter said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, God told you what you know about me. God told you this. And there I stand the very same place that Jesus had that conversation. Now I want you to look at the second part of the picture. See the, the lower left-hand corner? Who is that there? You see Pastor David? Look how he's looking at me there. You know what that? He's thinking, okay, what's going on here? Hands in his pockets, you know. Uh, that's kind of how we work together. That's pretty much how it works for uh, David and myself as we, as, we do, as we do the church thing together. Funny to me. Um, but there we stand and we think about what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven? Who are we? Who are we? Who are you? Who am I? How are we defined? Where is home? Where is our faith? Where is our heart? Where is our loyalty? in our life as we think about citizens of heaven. Not this time, but two years ago we went to Israel 
uh, we went to Bethlehem, and we went again to Bethlehem this year, had a great, amazing weather. Uh, many of you, in fact, here today were with us in Israel this time. Uh, how many have gone to Israel with me in the past? How many have gone? See how many have made that trip. It's pretty cool to have that many here who've done that. Many went this last time. But two years ago, went to Bethlehem, and we arrived to look at some, you know, the church of the nativity where Christ was born. But also, we, went, we had lunch, and it was a Palestinian meal, what, they, what we bring served, which is a very involved Middle Eastern meal. Buffets are, are crazy buffets there in Israel. They're everywhere. You can get all the food you want to eat. There was a room filled with all kinds of food. Every imaginable kind of Middle Eastern food was there for us to eat. And as we arrived, though we, we drove past about a block from there, a little sign that said hamburgers. And so we arrive and we go in and half our group isn't there. Where are they? And they said they're running up the hill for hamburgers. <laughs> and I said, we came, you know, thousands of miles we're going to be in Israel only one week, and you get to eat Middle Eastern food, and you're going to go get a hamburger. And by the way, it's not going to be Whataburger up there, let me tell you. It's not going to be what you expect when you get there. And well, we're, we're tired of this Middle Eastern food. We've only been here three days, and you're already tired, you know, because you know, they know exactly who they are. They are not only Americans, they are Texans. <laughs> They're looking for Whataburger in Jerusalem if it's there. It wasn't. They were disappointed. Who are we? Who are we? You know, do you say, you know, I'm a Christian. That's my identity. You know, uh, I have a home that I'm moving toward, which we call heaven, where, where I'll see Christ face to face, where I'll experience that beauty of who the Lord is in my own life, and, and that I'll see him as, and I'll see him as I already am seen by him, which Corinthians tells us, I'll know even as I am known. We experience that. The kingdom, of our, the kingdom our citizenship is from has three major things I want you to know about. This kingdom is about God. That's number one. It's about God. God is the center of this kingdom. And the kingdom means we submit to the authority that exists in that kingdom that is God. So it's not an exotic, involved, I don't understand it way what the kingdom of God is. It is simply you and me submitting to the God who created us. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is where you are in your life. I'm in my life when I say, yes, sir, to my God. Then I am at that moment experiencing God's kingdom in fullness, whether it's paying my tithe to the church, serving God, forgiving someone, loving my neighbor, saying, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this, whatever it might be for you, or even coming to church and worshiping God. God is a center. Secondly, this kingdom is about Christ. It's about the Christ. And it's about obedience to the teaching of Jesus Christ. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And my commandments are not egregious. They're not that difficult to do. Love your God. Love your neighbor. All your heart, soul, and mind. Beautiful words of our Lord. that He teaches us. This kingdom is about the Holy Spirit. Of course, we're talking about the Trinity here. The Holy Spirit which is very involved among us and your heart in my life. If you've been a long-term Christian, you know what I'm talking about. If you're, if you're new to that, you're experiencing that, and if you've not yet entered that, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. He wants to live in your life and be with you and you with him. That's God's will. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should inherit everlasting life, he says. And so the kingdom is about the Holy Spirit. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, says it this way. 
good, a great uh, uh, part of the New Testament. It says, we are strangers and exiles on earth. We are strangers and exiles on earth seeking a homeland. We might use the word pilgrims. Seeking a homeland, a place where our citizenship really is. I'm proud to be an American. I love that part of my life. You know, I'm even a casual cowboy fan, more so when they're winning, which they've not been doing lately. I'm that too. You know, Star Wars, I've seen all the movies, even the recent ones, even that third really not very good one. I've seen the fourth one, the fourth not very good one. I've seen them all, you know, but in the end, it's about this place where our citizenship really lies, where God is a center, where love and life wins, where, where death dies and sin is no more, where Christ is the light of the place, the imagery Revelation uses about that place, where there's no more mourning, crying, sorrow, or pain anymore, all things will be made new, Revelation 21. That's the place where our citizenship is. That's why we can stand in front of the gates of hell and just say, hey, here I am. I'm not scared of that because I believe in this. And this is who I belong to. And Christ is in my life. When I'm in Germany, as we were, Israel, as I was, Africa, where I've been, Mexico, many times, I'm still an American. Still a cowboy fan, kind of. And I still like Star Wars. And wherever I am, whatever my life experience is, whatever my journey happens to be, whatever difficult moment I'm in, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I believe this. I celebrate that. That's my identity. That's where my citizenship is. The last word here is from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. If you've read that chapter in a while, it's about it's called the chapter about love. What that means, this is the end of that chapter where it says this. This is the Message Bible translation. Trust Steadily, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. You know, it's not hard to figure out the rules of, of the Star Wars uh, trilogy, what the Jedi's about, what the Force is. You know, Darth Vader's the bad guy. He has to be the bad guy, you know. We know he's the bad guy when he says to a guy he's about to, he's about to try to kill, you know, Luke, I'm your father. He's got to be a bad guy to say something like that. But... Our identity is trust, hope, love. And the best of these three, he says, is love, which you know. This kingdom is about faith. It's about trusting God. It's about hope. It's about the hope of what God's doing in our life and the future that we're going to receive together. This kingdom is about love. And he says, Jesus says, they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have. That's how they'll know. That's the identity. That's the mark of those who have citizenship in heaven we celebrate today. And, and what the 40-day challenge is about, our identity reflects who we are and how we behave in our life. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the words you give us, a chance to gather and enjoy the music and the worship, the prayers we've got to pray, and Lord, these words, God, that you give us. Lord, we do celebrate many things in our life, our identity and language that we speak, where we've grown up, countries that we live in and identify with, even the things that we like doing or enjoy, whether it be a, a sport or whether it be a movie series or whatever it might be. But today, God, our, 
we recognize that we really belong to you. We belong to Christ. And God, for those here today who might not have made that decision, we ask you, God, to, to touch their hearts that they simply would trust and turn their heart toward Christ. See the life and salvation he gives. Begin living in a new way, knowing where they really belong. Our home is with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.